Welcome to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager here in the studios of Relate365.com on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. And today, I'm the younger one. Ah. <laughs> yeah. So I get to start it like Jason normally starts it because he's the younger one. But today, I'm the younger one, but not by much. We're the, we're, we'd be considered the same age. Yep. Um, I'm joined by Mike Jewell, who works with us here at Silver Birch Ranch, Nicolay Bible Institute, uh, the Refuge, and other places that we've uh, worked at, um, including here, Relate365.com. He takes care of all of our, our business affairs, and I take care of nothing. He does all the real hard work, and I just cheer him on along the way, and I get to come in here and talk to people. So, um, I, But Mike is a guy who's, uh, how old are you, Mike? I'm 66 now. 66 years old. Yep. How many children do you have? I have uh, th- three children. Okay. And how many grandchildren? Twelve. Twelve grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's interesting is a perspective that Mike has on life and uh, adoption, uh, foster care, taking care of children who have needs uh, in life. Um, you have a passion for taking care of those needy children, don't you? Oh, yes. I mean, that's what got me into uh, Christian camping to begin with, okay. was seeing the children, uh, children's lives being changed. So uh, it started there. And then, frankly, my daughter started being a foster parent, and uh, that uh, we started falling in love with those kids that came to her home. Then my wife and I became respite uh, foster parents. So, uh, okay, you need to explain uh, the terms. Oh, okay, uh, uh, okay. Foster parent for those that are listening that may not even understand that term, and there are some, believe it or not, right. in our in our culture that say, I, "I really don't get what the foster care system is." Explain that to us. Well, I think you got to go back and you got to understand what's happening to our society, especially with drug and alcohol abuse that's going on. Uh, we're seeing uh, people more, more or less just abandoning the family. And uh, when that goes, then uh, the kids have no place to go. Mom and dad are either in jail or they're in such a condition they can't care for the kids. So what they have, the social service systems has what they call uh, foster parents. And foster parents take in these kids that have basically been abandoned, and they're allowed then to, uh, as foster parents, to uh, uh, care for them. They feed them. They become part of their families uh, until the parents are either well enough to take the kids back and they reunite the family, or if the parents never uh, recover, they're given up for the kids are given up for adoption, and uh, they can then be adopted. So um, we got involved in that process and watched how that worked. And um, um, half of the, I guess the biggest problem is half of the new foster parents leave after the first year. Why is that? Well, usually it's because a child has been brought into their home and uh, the behavior is such that they just can't handle it. And it it just uh, upsets the whole family dynamic and everything else. And uh, they ask for the child to be removed and they quit. Now, who's in charge of the foster care system? Uh, the social services department. So it's the county-run system. So that's not a, a Christian thing, a church thing. That's no, done not. by the county. It's all handled by the county. When the when the parents uh, get into trouble, let's put it that way, um, with either their drug abuse or it could be other things, uh, they go ahead and uh, uh, the county steps in. Usually, a police officer identifies the problem, uh, or maybe it could just be a neighbor. Uh, or a school teacher. School to anybody. And they can identify and they tell the foster or the social services department, hey, um, there may be a problem here. They come in, do an investigation, 
And from that investigation, they decide if the child stays with the family or, or goes into foster care. So there are foster parents, people who volunteer to do this. Do you have to have a license to do it? You have to go through training to do it, yes. There's, and who, who gives that training? Again, the social services department gives the training. And you have to be certified to be able to be a, a foster parent. Okay, and how, how do you go about that? Do you just contact the social service department in Correct. your county? In your county, right. And they'll, they'll start the process from there. They usually have people that uh, will do the training as part of their social services staff. And you go through that training, and, um, and they'll come and do a home inspection to be sure your home is, is you know, adequate for foster care. And uh, they'll do a questionnaire where they'll come through and question the parents on how they live, where, you know, what kind of lifestyle they have, those types of things. Okay. Now, so this isn't Christian-run. This is state-run. This is state-run, right. And do they welcome Christians, or do they not oh, want sure. you to be a part of it because of your, your love for God? No, if you have a love for God, I mean, uh, technically, they do not, that does not bother them. In fact, most of the uh, foster parents are Christian parents okay. uh, in, the, in the foster care system. So they're very, uh, they're very used to working with the, the Christian uh, uh, family in general. So if I, if I became a foster parent, I would not be required to not live as a Christian in front of these children. Yeah, correct. Correct. You, you go through your life and you take them to church, you... You pray with them, uh, you know, at the at the dinner table, or pray with them in the evening before they go to bed. I mean, you can do all those things; is just fine. It, it, there's no problem at all. Yeah, you know, the, the more I think about that, and you know this, but as we've talked, one of the most valuable lessons for a child to learn comes from observation. It doesn't come from words. It doesn't come right. from school and a teacher saying thing. It comes from how they live and seeing love the way it should be displayed in front of them. And, and so foster care can take on a very powerful picture for a young person who has no hope. Because if you're a foster care parent, that doesn't mean that that child will be with you for years. Right. It right. could be weeks. It could be days. It could be months. months. Yep. And then you have to trust that your relationship on display at that point is such where it can make an impact on that child for life, I would assume. Yeah, I think what uh, the biggest uh, miscomprehension uh, is that when they look at uh, when you look at foster care, um, people don't come to a real understanding of what is going on in that child's head. I mean, love to that child has been distorted. That has been completely messed up. They've if there's been abuse or neglect, uh, poverty. Um, you, you go through the list. They're, they do not know what real love looks like. So as a foster parent, when they sit down and they start loving a child, all of a sudden the child rejects that. I mean, to them, that's not love. They don't, right. they don't know what's really going on. Right. It takes a, the child a training process to, to learn, this is good. I right. like this love. Yeah. I like what it looks like and how it, fa- it affects me. So there's, there's a real opportunity to change lives. So you need to be patient. Oh, very patient, yes. Because the person that's coming to you is coming to you for a reason, mm-hmm. and that reason is not a good reason. Right, yep. right, yep, exactly. And the, and the, at that age, usually I'm talking under, uh, let's say under 12 years old, okay? Right. And uh, the thinking of a 12-year-old, they don't have the hormones, they can't reason, they can't do anything under 12, even they have to be directed a lot. Right. And so you sit back, and, and they've been directed by their their biological parents, you're bad, you're worthless, you're no good, whatever the reason may be, whatever the belief system is that they've developed. And they actually believe who they are. That's their identity now. Yeah. 
And so as foster parents, especially Christian foster parents, uh, to get to the point of, uh, of, that you could say, no, that, that is not, that's not who you are. Here, you know, your identity comes from who Christ is instead. Yeah. And you start handing that over, that identity, slowly over. It's a long process, but you keep encouraging them and who Christ is in their life. Yeah. And as you know, I mean, we, we concentrate on, you know, you're accepted, you know, so Christ accepts you. Ephesians 1 uh, talks about, uh, verse 3, talks about those spiritual blessings. Right. It says you're chosen. Well, to a foster child to be chosen, right. that is, uh, they can't understand that. Right. They don't understand that at all. Yeah, and to be accepted is, right. a, is the other side of the picture. And then it even says in there, to be adopted. Right. I mean, you're actually brought into a family that's healthy. They, they are just, their wheels are spinning. They don't understand what all this is. And, uh, and then... If to be forgiven, and even says the your trespasses, you've forgiven of your trespasses. Yeah. Well, trespasses, what are those? You know. Well, it's just not the sins you commit. Trespasses are the sins that are committed against you. So as you work with a foster child, you can sit back and and uh, said no, you could you're forgiven of that. Don't believe what other people have told you you are. Right. And it, it is an opportunity to change lives uh, over and over and over again. Yeah, you know, as, as people are listening tonight or today, whenever you're listening to this podcast or on the radio, I want to encourage you to think about what we're saying as far as foster care and the need for foster parents. And yeah. also, if you have a heart for it, we at Silver Birch Ranch, through a ministry we have called uh, the Wolf River Refuge, right. are starting a ministry that, to really encourage churches and families who are involved in the foster care ministry. We really think that Christians need to step up to the plate and be foster care parents and train to do it well and the, the local churches be involved in that whole process. So if you're interested, we're not going to go there right now in the second half of the program, we'll talk more about it, but if you're interested in foster care, you want to help us get this going, you're a, you're a business person or an individual that can help uh, resource some of the stuff that we need to get done, um, feel free to contact us and say, I'm very interested in this and you can help us develop this program. Right. We have the land. We have some of the program that we're developing, and we're looking for God to use us in a very significant way to help those foster kids in the United States of America, and churches in particular, uh, be a very powerful force yeah. in the life of families. You bring up a good point when you talk about the churches, because they're, they're, you know, as you read the scriptures, uh, churches, I mean, God loves the church. There's no doubt about that. So what we're also going to do is give an opportunity for churches to step forward. Remember when I mentioned that half of the foster parents leave right, uh, the programs, right. you know, because usually because of an of a experience they've had with a child that wasn't healthy for their family. Well, here's an opportunity for a church to sit back, and what we're going to be asking churches to do is come together and be an advocate uh, for the foster parent in your community. So what they can do is they'll, all they need, it's simple stuff. I mean... Uh, do some babysitting, uh, maybe do some uh, a respite care if you want to, you know, be a respite, uh, respite foster parent. Right. You could uh, cook meals, one dinner a week uh, to, take, to take the pressure off the family for the family to support them. You can be a sounding board for uh, uh, a foster mother or a foster dad. And, uh, and so when they have issues and problems at home with, with the foster program, that you can work with them and help them through that. Right. The church has all all the truth involved in the scriptures to teach with. I mean, you can teach, uh, you know, the foster parents 
how to be better parents themselves and thus being able to reach out and help that child. They got youth programs for for the kids, the foster kids to get involved with where they can feel part of something. Right. Um, and then we can't forget we have biological parents, usually in the same community, that have lost their their uh, their kids, and most of them are trying to get their kids back. They're trying to change their lives so they can be healthy and they can they can provide. What better place for for the church to get involved is helping foster uh, excuse me biological parents who are struggling with addictions, yeah, struggling with behaviors, are struggling with things in their lives that they don't even understand, and you could step in with the truth of God's word and say. Here you go. You know, here's here's your answer for what you need in life. Believe this instead of believing the lie that people have told you in the past. Absolutely. You know, I think that's critical, Mike. As you talked, I'm thinking, you know, who better than the church to step up to the plate? Yeah. I mean, there's a problem. Those who actually have an answer should go after the problem, not those exactly. who don't have an answer. Yes, and and here. You know, society in general is trying to, you know, they're trying to box the church in, in their four walls and keep them there, you know, right. so they can't get out. And But what better opportunity to have an outreach yeah. and to change lives? I mean, you get some, you get some ladies in the church who, have, had, who uh, have raised their families, for example, but they can step into a foster uh, relationship with a foster mom and help her in the process of working with foster kids and the behaviors and things that are going on, and they can help them work through that, give them, give them uh, information and training and so they can develop their skills uh, in that area. It's just, a, it's just a perfect spot to all of a sudden present the gospel. Yeah, okay. Well, let me, let me ask you a couple of questions, if yeah. I can. Just because uh, I think, you know, if somebody's listening, they haven't really considered foster parenting, and churches haven't really considered a program in that. Um, what if somebody came and said, well, I'm not wealthy enough to be a foster parent. I, I barely make ends meet now with my family, and I wouldn't have the resources to actually take care of another mouth to feed. Uh, that really must be for wealthy people to be able to do. It, what would you say to them? Well, there's a, couple, there's a couple different areas. I would not discourage them because of that, you know, because it's, uh, God has a way of providing in the midst. When you're taking care of the least of these, and they, frankly, these are orphan kids in, in a way, right. short term, but... They're, they're orphan kids. Right. And so God will provide that in some way, number one. You do get some, you know, the social services department will pay you to be foster Oh, parents. so you do get some income yep. as far as for the child to you bet, use. You bet. Uh, like health, uh, especially health insurance of some kind. I mean, foster system takes care of that for the child only. And uh, so there's, there's systems set up to help with that. And then you can even have the church step in and supply needs as needed. You know, so there's many different avenues that we're trying to develop here. Uh, very, to simply, very simply stating, uh, then, if I was going to be a foster parent, I took a foster child in my home, I probably would get enough resource from the social services department at least to cover my expenses to take care of that child. Oh, sure, sure. Okay. And, and I think so if somebody's wondering financially, you know, is this something, I, I shouldn't even ask this question, but I know corruption goes everywhere. Is this something people do to just try and make money? Well, that, that is out there, yes. I mean, you see places that have 20 different foster kids, you know, and they have these, uh, I, don't know, I don't even know what to call them, uh, you know, all these different kids at once in their home. They're, they're making money on the program. It doesn't mean they're bad foster parents. It means that's what they've chosen to do right. full-time for a living uh, in that case. Now, there, is, there are poor foster parents out there, you bet. 
And the foster system is responsible to find out who they are and take them out of the system. So does the foster care system keep monitoring you to make sure that kind of stuff is minimized anyway? Yeah, there's follow-up, you bet. But even if the church were involved, there'd be two ways to check up on it. You know, I mean, again, getting the local church involved, who knows the local people and everything that's going on, it's another way to ensure. And I even hate to talk about it in this context, but in our culture today, You have to be aware of the fact that there are government programs and things where people take money and spin it and use it for themselves, and it was never meant to be used the way that they're using it. I mean, we know that that happens. So you do want to safeguard against it. And I think that's one of the reasons we're championing the idea of of Christians being foster parents, because you you shouldn't do that. I mean, ethically, you shouldn't do that. You should have accountability at church. You should have accountability to God. And you're not going to do things that are not right, and it wouldn't be right to do that. So Yeah. Uh, when there's mistreatment of a foster child, it happens rarely, but it does happen. You know, And a lot of times the foster parents have just been pushed to the ultimate limit. Okay. And, uh, and they are at a point where they're just desperate, and they, and they mistreat a child, let's say, for example. Um, the, another opportunity for the church to be there for them. They could take the pressure off and, uh, that foster parent, give them a, night, a date night where they can go as a couple and, and, uh, and just talk about their lives and, and, uh, and what they can change. So the church is available for them in those, in those types do, of situations. Do the, the parents who have the child taken away for a little bit, do they get upset with the foster parent because do they see them as a threat? They don't necessarily see them as a threat, but they, they see them as um, <clears throat> something to compete against. Do they know where their child is? Do they know what parent has them? Th- that depends on uh, the, the situation. Um, for example, uh, uh, you could be where they have visitation rights, the, the biological parents. So when they have vis- visitation rights, yes, they know where the child is being kept. Uh, the weekend, they maybe take the child for a weekend back, and then they come back to the foster parents for the week. Uh, and, and lives with that family. So there's as they're as they're inching back into taking full custody of their child, uh, they have visitation rights and they'll know where it is. Or if it's violent um, abuse, um, very serious, especially sexual abuse, uh, and those types of things, the biological parents have no idea where where their where their foster child. Okay, is so at. there's somebody watching over your safety if you're you're doing this. It's, oh, correct. It, it's not that. These parents are going to come and, and burn your house down, oh, you, no. you know, because you have their children. They want them back. No, no, that that that's very never. I'll well, it can never, happen, but it can happen. It can it, happen. It anywhere. never does because usually you got to remember, biological parents subconsciously they they know they're screwing up. They right. know that they're not providing for their child, and and they they want their child to be taken care of. I mean, they can't do it. So they, they say, you know, let the system come in and take care of my child. So most of them are, they just, they just automatically know that they're, they're not supplying the needs that the child needs to survive. And that's where the social services comes in and steps in and okay. takes, picks them now, up. Now, from your understanding, and I understand this is just your understanding, um, is there more children that need help than people willing to help them? Um. Correct, because what you have happening is uh, there's a shortage of foster parents. That's what's really going on. And foster parents uh, you know, provide the outlet for social services to, to ba- basically take care of the kids. When there's no foster parents, social services are thinking, do I keep that 
child with his biological parents or or not, and they tend, well, I got nowhere to put the child. We'll, we'll leave him there for now and see what's happening, and just increases the risk for the child if they have to stay in an unhealthy environment for too long at home. So um, the whole point here is if we can keep the foster parents from leaving after the first year and give them the tools and resources they're looking for because they leave because they're, they're overwhelmed. Well, the church has everything that they need yeah. to, uh, to supply to be a foster parent. And the church then rally around this family, takes care of this family in any, many different ways. They, they, they look after their marriage. The church can add tools to their marriage. They, they can have uh, uh, women's studies, men's studies, things that they, the foster parent can be involved in. Um, again, the youth programs for the kids. What a wonderful spot to grow up as a child, even if you can't grow up with your biological parents, because they want to go back to their biological parents. Right. They all do. Right. I mean, and that's got to be the main goal is to reunite the family. Right. But, uh, but we can do it in such a way, getting the church involved. The church mm-hmm. has the volunteers. The church has <laughs> the skills. They have the word of God. They have the truth to, to be able to apply to the situation. And I think our job is what we want to do um, we know we can't go out and take care of all these foster families ourselves, being right here at the camp. We want to work with churches, and we'll provide the training. We'll provide everything they need. We'll put them in. We'll train their advocates within the church to work with the foster family. Right. Um, that is, that's our role in pulling us all together. And we can put the training together. We can put the curriculum together. We can do all those types of things for the church. So the church can just focus on that foster family and take care of them, and we'll give them the tools to make it happen. Right, and and we have to remember if you're going to be um, somebody who God uses in a, a significant way in somebody else's life, you need to make sure that you're enjoying God, that you're walking with God, uh-huh. that your life is what it should be. Yep. Sometimes in all of life, we can start focusing on things that are what we would consider good, at the expense of the things that make us good at that. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's where, again, uh, you should be involved in your local church, your pastor, be talking about your life and be watched over by a a small group, possibly, or whatever else it might be, so that you can be somebody who basically understands that what I'm looking for is actually the byproduct of loving God, walking with God, loving my wife, loving my husband. I'm looking for the byproduct there. And the byproduct will be that of taking care of children properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so if, if that's not done, then you're not going to be able to provide what you need. You don't go into this. You know, some people go into things because there's just a need there. And I would encourage you, go into the Bible and watch Jesus go through a crowd. He doesn't heal everybody that's got a need. Yeah. The need, right. is, the need isn't what drives him. I'm not sure all the time what drove him. He picked this person and they healed. And he picked that person and healed. And, you know, I'm not sure what it all was. But I do know that there's a mistake when you go, there's a need, so I'm just doing it, and I focus on that, but my life is not where it should be. I'm not yeah. going to help that foster ch- child a whole lot if my marriage is wreck. Right. And, and you don't go out and become a foster parent so that you and your wife will have a better marriage and you have something to do together. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't want to do that. The neat thing about the church, I mean, when you get the love of God in your heart, okay, and you're, and you're devoted— all of your identity comes out of him, okay? You have no place to put 
your love. I mean, you give your, you give you're filled with love. You give it away to your spouse, for example, your kids, uh, your coworkers, community. You got to release that into something, and that's the whole point of the scriptures: is that God takes care of you first. You're healthy, and gets you to to a point where. Now you can feed into other people's lives yeah. and help them get healthy. And, and by no means am I suggesting or Mike that you need to be perfect. I, right. I, that isn't what we're saying. We're, but if you're going to go into caring for orphans, caring for widows, caring, and, and you should, it's not really about you and your feel-good moment. It really is right. because you, you desire to live a life that is on display to somebody who has no idea who God is. And our whole yeah. purpose in life is to show the world who God is by how we live. And there's no better way to do that than have somebody in your home. You know, I remember a lady once who I would just say, and I won't mention any names, her life was a wreck. I mean, she's on husband number four or five, whatever it was. Uh, Always, I mean, if you looked at her, you'd think she's the most compassionate person in the world because she was always taking in kids who were needy. Always. But those kids were getting messed up. Yeah. Because yeah. because the relationships in her own life weren't good. Right. And yet she was getting her fill from people who basically were needy and just feeding them and caring for them and tapping them on the head and putting them to bed and giving them a bath or shot, whatever. You know, it made her feel significant in life. Well, that's where she was getting all her significance from the wrong place. Exactly. I mean, so, that's the whole point. I mean, they're trying to pull significance out of, out of these kids. That's not where it goes. Your significance is in Christ and Christ alone. It, if it fills you, then you can give significance to that child. Then yeah. they can grow. So it's a matter of taking what God has given you and give it back you know, to those, to the people around you, especially this foster child. Right. And that's why you want to be in a system. That's right. You got to have support to do all this. Right. Because you, you always want to have people uh, from the outside looking in and, and seeing if you're healthy. Right. Because the goal for any ministry is not words. It's not just food. It's not just physical. The goal is to live a life that reflects who God is so that people can understand who God is by how you live. That's right, the goal. Right. So if that's not what you want to do, you're not going to have the impact on that child the way that you should have the impact. And that's why I'm excited, and we'll talk about it more in the second half, but I'm excited about what we're doing at the Wolf River Refuge in trying to develop a ministry center that is really based on foster care to encourage individuals and churches and to just be a place where we as believers can look at others and say, we want you to be successful in life so that you too can help others understand who God is and you're healthy in the process and you understand how to do it. Your community is understanding how to do it. And we become, those of us who follow Christ, become the people who God uses to help those who are needy. Yep, yep. That's the goal. I mean, God will change the church and he changes us in the process as we work using his skills to work with other kids. Absolutely. You've been listening to Younger Older. I'm Dave, and I'm with Mike Jewell today. And we're really talking about foster care and encouraging uh, families and churches to get involved. And we're laying out a, a framework or a picture of what we're hoping to do at Silver Birch Ranch and at the Wolf River Refuge, which is a ministry uh, that Silver Birch Ranch runs. And even here at Relate365.com, where we try and make materials available to you to help you walk with God. Because in the end, walking with God is what matters. And if you walk with God and you obey God, 
you will love other people. And that's how that works. We're looking for an effect. We're looking for a fruit. We're looking for a byproduct. And you don't do that falsely. So we want you to enjoy God and enjoy each other. We'll be back for the second half.